0: Well, we are here today with legendary actress Cicely Tyson to talk about one of the greatest characters, I think, on TV, Ophelia Harkness on How to Get Away with Murder. I am Marcus James Dixon with Gold Derby. And first of all, I just want to know how you are doing with the quarantine and with everything that's going on in the world right now. Oh,
1: I am not a person who is sedentary. I am a person who moves like Okay, and that's the way I've been ever since I was a child. So having been incarcerated for the last four months does not make me feel comfortable at all. I understand the circumstances, and uh, I think it's, 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 it's one of the worst things that I've witnessed in my lifetime. I do remember my mother and father, when I was a child,
0: uh,
1: at the dinner table, they would talk about the depression and and how the world had changed, certainly here in the United States, and how people uh, were jumping out of the window and killing one another and uh, losing their minds because of the state of affairs at that time. And I, who spent her life su- sucking her thumb <laughs> and not eating her meal, uh, I looked at both of them and I said to myself, nobody does that. Mm. I about five or six years old. Well, here I am in the midst of it all, and I cannot believe it. I wake up every day and look outside and say, I cannot believe. I never thought Hmm. I'd live long enough to witness anything like this in this country or in the world.
0: Well, I I would just uh, love to talk about your role on how to deal with murder now. Looking back on your six years playing Ophelia, do you have a favorite moment that really sticks out in your mind?
1: (laughs) Uh, uh, yes, 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 yes. Uh, and, and I guess when I'm finished, you'll understand why I don't watch my work. Mm. Um, it, um, it was in the first season, and it was episode 13. I think it was entitled Mama is Here Now. And it's the scene in which Tells Annalise what happened to Uncle Clyde. Uncle Clyde obviously had done something wrong to Annalise, and her mother found out sometime after, and uh, she secretly made a pact with herself that. He would not get away with it. And that's the scene. She's sitting between her mom's uh, legs and her mom is combing her hair. And while she's combing her hair, she's telling her the story about how Uncle Clyde died. I
0: remember that scene. That was a very... Impactful, emotional moment on the show, and and uh, that that's also the moment that sticks out for me. Such a powerful moment. Oh my and, Oh yeah, yeah. And somebody like Ophelia who suffers from dementia. Uh, sorry, dementia. What was the most challenging part about playing someone like that? Like, you know, it's just this extra layer to the character.
1: Well, frankly speaking, do people who have or who suffer from dementia, do they know that they're suffering mm. from dementia? Do they know? I don't think they know. I think that they're treating their lives as it go on from day to day as natural and normal. It's people that we are surrounded with that become aware of the change. Sometimes the manner in which they treat people with dementia makes those people question why they are behaving differently from the way they had been behaving towards them. I frankly, and so that's the way I treated her. I mean, you know, she didn't think anything was wrong with her. People were trying to make her understand that she was different now than she was yesterday or last week. But to her, it's absolutely normal, her behavior.
0: Mm-hmm. And now that the show is over, what will you miss the most about working side by side with? your fantastic leading lady, Viola Davis.
1: I will miss her deeply, I really will. It was first a gift to me that I never expected in my career. Uh, When I was told that she said that she wanted Cecilia Tyson to play her mother and when I heard that, I mean, and my mouth fell open like a broken pocketbook, <laughs> mm. <laughs> done beyond belief. And the strangest thing happened uh, the first day, I, I start working immediately on the script. The moment I know it's mine I think, and the character is mine. And that's what I started doing. So the first day on arrival, uh, Viola was standing at the door of the studio, waiting to greet me, and she was all smiles. But I had become so deeply embedded in the character that I just walked right by her. I walked right <laughs> by her, and it, all she said, it, it. she said it devastated her. Uh, and she said... She She said to me later on, she said, Uh oh, I better get to work. (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, because, you know, when I start working, that's not me. That's that character, okay? That's the mother, Mm -hmm. Ophelia. And so we were not speaking, okay? We had no relationship at that time. And so when I walked into the studio, that's who I was, Ophelia. And so, hmm. uh, sometime afterwards, she said, "You don't know what that did to me. I cannot." Tell you. Because I saw the smile on her face, and and I I, I just didn't react to it. Uh, she, was <laughs> so, she hadn't been talking to me for some time. I wasn't talking to her. So all of a sudden, I'm going to start smiling and hugging and kissing her. No, that was not Ophelia. So I walked right in and walked into. Right I went
0: to my uh, spot on the set and, and and played the scene like I was supposed to, I think. Hmm. <laughs> I love that. Um, one of our contributors, Luca Giliberte, he has a question about the series finale. And there, there's this great moment when Ophelia encourages Annalise to fight for herself in court because it's God's choice and only God's choice to determine whether or not she's worthy. and What was that like to film, knowing that this was probably the final time you would have a scene with Viola?
1: I never even thought about that. I do, I don't like goodbyes. I don't like endings. And so I rarely ever think of anything that I'm doing as ending. Um... Uh, I realized honestly I never thought of it as being the final piece never did I played the moment that was being that we were trying to transfer to the to our audience now if that is and was interpreted as the final for murder to them by I never thought
0: of it as being the final scene. Hmm. and the creator Peter Nowak he he has an ear for always listening to his actors if they have any ideas about their characters and I'm wondering did you have any influence on crafting Ophelia's rich backstory
1: Oh well, we we talked a lot uh, uh, about uh, his concept of the entire piece and the role that I would be playing in in the piece. Um, I tend to deal with things that happen. Uh, within the within the confines of the scene that I'm playing, as as naturally and as normally as humanly possible. Um, and when I say that, I mean that um, it's hard to. You know, I always said if I could explain what I was doing in acting, I would, I would. I would be an actress (laughs) Mm. (laughs) because it's very difficult. It's easier for me to do it than to try to explain it, if you follow what I'm saying.
0: Yes, I do. Uh,
1: And and, uh, to try to tell him who she was, uh, for me, does not work. I have to be who she was.
0: And when you look back at your career in television and in film, how does Ophelia compare to some of your other iconic roles?
1: She doesn't compare to anybody. Mm. Every character that I have ever played is an individual unto themselves, every single one of them. Um, I... I, 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 I I wouldn't say that Jane was like Rebecca or Rebecca was like somebody else that I played it. I wouldn't. I don't even think about them. They are individuals, and that's why I choose them, because they are different each mm-hmm. one. And that's the challenge for me, okay, to make you see this person as someone that you have never met before. And that's what excites me when I read a script. When I read a script, one of two things happens to me. Either my skin tingles or my stomach churns. Now, when my stomach churns, I know I can't do this thing. I can't. And I can pass it very easily. I don't care how much they offer me. I can't do it. Okay? All right. Now, when my skin tingles and I can't be still, that's mine.
0: Mm, I love that. A couple years back, you had the pleasure of being involved in the crossover event between How to Get Away with Murder and Scandal for uh, Shonda Ryan's two series. Tell us about playing opposite people like Kerry Washington and Glenn Terman. Had you ever worked with Kerry Washington before, or was that your first time?
1: Well, I had the opportunity uh, uh, when uh, was it the NAACP gave me an award, and I asked her to be the, I asked for her to be the presenter, and she did a magnificent job, a mm-hmm. magnificent job, and everybody talked about it. And mm-hmm. I was blown away, and so we became friends after, after that. Um, when scandal was about to close, it was it, it was a little uh, because, like I said earlier, I don't like ending, especially right. if there's something really important going on. If you have something really to say to your audience that they have not heard or seen before, uh, why is why are you taking it away from them? You understand what I'm saying?
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: I was not too happy about that, uh, and, um, and I don't know if they read that. I knew Glenn from uh, High School of Performing Arts. Um, I knew him uh, quite well. As a matter of fact, I had not seen him for some time. And I told him a story that blew his mind because his mother took ill and uh, and she was about to pass away. And Vinette Carroll was a teacher at the High School of Performing Arts. And his mother told Vinette, I'm leaving here and I want you to take care of my son. And so when I saw him, and I hadn't seen him for such a long time. He had become a man, a well-established actor. I mean, he was this guy had a wife and so on and so forth. I said, my God, I guess she took good care of you been that character. He said, do you remember that story? I said, of course. I. Why would not I remember that story? It was such a sensitive moment. Are you losing your mother? and she chose this woman who was your teacher uh, to put you in her care. Why wouldn't I remember that? So he's mm-hmm. never, now he talks to me all the time. I said I'm not Jeanette Carroll."
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, last year, you won an honorary Oscar and you were later inducted into the Television Hall of Fame Uh, What do honors like this mean to you, and what would an Emmy nomination mean for this final season of Murder?
1: Uh, Well, I have to tell you (laughs) (laughs) how I feel about awards. all right? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it was maybe the first time I was nominated for something. And I didn't get it, and I came home a little downtrodden, and so when I walked in the house, my mother said, what's the matter with you? She said nothing. And I went into my room, and I closed the door. She waited for a good 10, 15 minutes. And she didn't knock on the door, she just opened the door and she looked at me. I was sitting on the edge of the bed and she said, what's the matter with you? I said, I said nothing. You're telling me nothing, look at your face. Huh? Get up and come outside. Come outside, just sit down. What happened? I didn't get the role. And that's what had you looking like this, she said. Well, I didn't get it. You know. She said, Let me tell you something. This is your choice. This show business, whatever it is you call it, that's your choice. You chose it. Okay? Mm-hmm. And one of the things you had better learn right now is that what is for you, you will get it. What is not for for you, you will never get it, okay? So when you go to get something and it don't come for you, then it's not yours, it's not for you, okay? Something else will come along that is for you, okay? And I'm sitting there looking at her and I'm saying this woman is crazy, Yeah, <laughs> I am aching, aching because I lost this role and she's telling me that it wasn't mine. Okay? Well, about two years later, I was asked to do a, a film and and after I read it I realized that it wasn't something that I wanted to do. Uh, uh, it was uh, about a woman who uh, was single and was and had five children each for a different male. And I simply said, That's not the kind of woman that I want to project.
0: Mm-hmm. Right.
1: Okay. And I passed on it. Now the head of twentieth century Fox came to me and said, Why do you do that? That's a fabulous role. you just got down there. You probably would have gotten nominated for They tried to talk to me and talk me into, you know, reconsidering the woman who wrote it. The woman who wrote it said to me, she said, well, you know, there was nothing wrong with that. Uh, she, said, she said, she said, that um, there are women like that. I said, I know that. I know that. And it was her maid that she was writing about. Okay, okay. I said I know, but then there are doctors, lawyers and teachers and physicists and they, we have those two, and those are the kind of women that I would like people to be aware of. okay? All right. mm-hmm. So uh, so they finally resolve themselves to the fact that I was not going to do it. And it was fine. And uh, two weeks after I turned it down, I got Jane Pittman.
0: Oh, wow.
1: What's for you will come to you. What is not for you will never come to you. And I tell you, I never forgot that. So whenever I went out for a job and I didn't get it, I said, well, it wasn't for me. I could shrug it off. Very easy. It wasn't mine. It wasn't for me. And that's what stead me. You know, I mean, that's what kept me strong. You know, because there's always something there that's going to be yours.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, it's such a pleasure to speak with you today, Miss Tyson. And you know, we we are wishing you luck at the at the Emmy Awards. You've been nominated for this role four times, and so we have our fingers crossed that the Emmy voters uh, mark your name down once again in a couple of weeks here.
1: All right now. All right Thank
0: now. you, have, we'll have a great nice. day.
1: Thank you so very much. With everything you have on your plate,
0: earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in business into your busy day.